Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Today we are going to dive into part two of a study in Genesis 3. We're looking at Genesis to get a lens for what will occur at the end times. It's called protology, the study of the early revelation in the Bible to get a lens to view the end times deceptions described in the Bible, and the study of the end times is called eschatology, protology and eschatology. And today is part two of what we called the 3D preview of the Antichrist deception in the end times. And those deceptions are found in three lies that occur in the first five verses of Genesis chapter 3. Real quick summary in Genesis 3.1, the serpent said to the woman, did God say? The first lie was a questioning See, it's a very subtle thing. You can have somebody who's really a dissenter from Christian truth, but they have questions about it, and they plant questions. It's a very deceptive way to begin pulling people away from the truth revealed in Scripture. So the first lie, questioning God's truth, did God say? The woman responded, she said, well, we we can't touch the fruit in the midst of the garden because God says if we touched it, we would die. And then verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. Now, we just made a progression from questioning the truthfulness of God's word to the denial of God's word. And Then you end up with then the third lie, for the serpent said, God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That's the ultimate idolatry, the idolatry of self, where mankind wants to sit on the throne of God. And today we're going to tackle these first two lies because they're so closely related questioning the truthfulness of God's word, leading to the denial of God's word. And remember that Jesus said that the wolves, those attacking the flock, those deceiving the flock, the false prophets causing the apostasy, not only throughout history, but especially at the, towards the end of history, they come in sheep's clothing. Okay? They can be wearing clerical garb. They can be fulfilling the role of a Christian teacher, uh, an author, Christian author, or a speaker, or a broadcaster. Uh, you should have your discernment button clicked to on at all times. Now, I want to take you into the more recent past to look at something highly significant that is causing a disaster among Protestant and Catholic churches. 
namely something that began in the 18th and 19th centuries in Germany. Notice a lot of crazy stuff is coming out of Germany. I just read this week that some German Catholics now want to change the teaching of the Catholic uh, catechism regarding homosexuality. I mean, what's next? It, 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 it's coming out of Germany in the 21st century. But back in the 18th and 19th centuries, German biblical scholars of a discipline called higher criticism, it's a, a critical approach to understanding the scripture, they used Darwin's theory of evolution to reinterpret the Bible. One of the leaders of that was a man by the name of Julius Wellhausen, and he basically came up with a theory that Moses was not the author of the Pentateuch, the Pentateuch being the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And he's basically claiming that Moses wasn't the author. Uh, For instance, This is supposed to be the big argument why Moses didn't write uh, the Pentateuch. There's a lot of arguments, but in Deuteronomy chapter 34, it speaks about Moses' death, and then after his death, where he was buried, and then what happened with the leadership of Israel after Moses died. Now, Obviously, Moses couldn't have written at least the last half of that short chapter, Deuteronomy 32, because people who are dead generally don't write about, you know, details, what happened at their funeral and who took over for them after they died. Well, I've written a couple of books entitled The ABCs of Choosing a Good Husband and The ABCs of Choosing a Good Wife. And my daughter, Stephanie, back when she worked here, uh, helped me edit those. And in the very back of that book, say like the very back of my ABC books, would be something like Deuteronomy 34, there's a page entitled About the Author. Well, if I died and Stephanie wanted to either keep in print or bring back in print my ABC books, um, she would perhaps modify the about the author page and, you know, Steve lived until this and this and that and, you know, I don't know what happened to the Family Life Center after he died. Well, if she modified that, somebody would then open about the author and say, ah, Steve never wrote this book because look, in the about the author section, it has details of what happened after he died. He couldn't have not possibly authored this book. No, everybody would understand that it's just an addendum. Uh, Yeah, part of the book, but it it doesn't mean I didn't write the book, okay? That's just one of Wellhausen's arguments. Now, Wellhausen was a German Lutheran seminary professor, and when he taught his theory to Lutheran seminary students, every single seminary student lost his faith, and according to Wellhausen's own admission, became unsuitable for the ministry. He resigned and wrote a letter acknowledging his fault in 1882, and yet Wellhausen's theory came to the U.S. in the 20th century. I happened as a former Presbyterian minister 
kind of tracked its its uh, history and infection rate, I should say. It's like the theological coronavirus. It hit Princeton University, called uh, caused a mega controversy at Princeton, but the mainline Protestants adopted Wilhausen's theory. Now, this is how it works. If Moses didn't write the Pentateuch, that means the first five books of the Bible are not authoritative in the sense of like, this is God's word and God's commands and God's instructions. No, um, and you'll hear this, a young priest will very often never refer to the author of one of those first five books of the Bible by the name Moses. They'll call him sacred author, and that's what they've been taught in seminary because they've been taught that Moses wasn't the author. Now, there's a double problem with this because when Jesus would refer to something back in the Pentateuch, he would didn't say, what did the sacred author say, or what did the Pentateuch say, or what did the book of Exodus or Genesis say? He would say, and what did Moses say? So not only are you taking the divine authority away from the five, first five books of the Bible, but you're really saying <laughs> Jesus, the Son of God, uh, didn't really know what was going on back there, but uh, Dr. Wellhausen told us what's going on back there. You see, Jesus is therefore wrong. Now, unfortunately, by a, at least mid-century, 20th century, this infection that has led to Protestant denominations reinterpreting everything, uh, including homosexuality, you wonder, how did this happen? Well, you know, it's pretty clear in Genesis and uh, the account of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's not really good thing to be engaging in rampant homosexuality as a culture. And yet we find denominations one after another saying this is okay or blessing ceremonies of homosexual marriages are okay. Homosexual marriages is okay in our land at supposedly a, a Christian land. And now we have widespread clerical sodomy, let's face it. We have an abuse crisis that sodomy is a big part of it, even though it's denied. And we have uh, seminaries which are teaching a liberal Protestant theory of the Bible. The majority of Catholic seminaries, this is what priests are being, young priests-to-be are being taught. And this isn't Catholic truth. This is Protestant error, whereas the very man who came up with this admitted he made a grave mistake in harming these young men in his seminary. And yet, the past president of the Catholic Biblical Association, Father Raymond Brown, wrote a book entitled Community of the Beloved Disciple. And he basically says what we have in the Gospel of John today or in the Greek New Testament of the Gospel of John isn't really what John wrote. It was the editing of a second century, very pious community who kind of cooked this up, but it doesn't have divine authority. Father Brown, again, the past president of the Catholic Biblical Association, questioned the unexpressed doubts about the historicity of the infancy narratives in the Gospels. He thought the Magnificat of Mary is, quote, obviously 
unlikely that such finished poetry could have been composed on the spot by ordinary people, and there would be no serious scholarly support for such a naive hypothesis. In other words, ditch the Magnificat. It didn't happen. And Father Brown cast doubts on the historicity of the dialogue between Mary and the Archangel Gabriel. Oh, so that goes too. The dialogue of Mary's visit to Elizabeth, that goes too. The virginal conception of Jesus and the Holy Family's flight to Egypt, that's question too. This is the lie from Genesis 3 being used in our times to lead people away from the faith. Pope Benedict XVI warned, listen to this, quote, the fact that scriptural exegesis, that's the interpretation of scripture, the fact that scriptural exegesis can become a tool of the Antichrist, that's Pope Benedict, he's not given to excess. He went on to say the alleged finding of scholarly exegesis has put together the most dreadful books. And now I'm quoting from Pope Benedict's Jesus of Nazareth. So be careful who you turn to for understanding the Bible. Start with Benedict XVI, Scott Hahn's St. Paul Center, Jeff Caven's uh, Biblical Timeline, the Coming Home Network, the Augustine Institute, the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, these are sources that you can trust. Don't turn to anything that says, did God say? You respond, you bet he did. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 216 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy, visit us online at luke21.com.